0: Welcome back to NL Newsday. Of course, it is Monday, the first day of the week. And as always, pleased to welcome to the program, Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you today?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for for coming on. Now, I think this is a, a really good conversation to be having here today because a, a key piece of the government's ICBC reforms struck down by the courts here last week. Now, one of the things that the government has said um, is causing some of the biggest losses at the public insurer is injury, injury claims under fifty thousand dollars. Now, the decision by the BC Supreme Court last week is threatening to erase the three hundred ninety million dollars in savings that's being projected after striking down sections of civil resolution tribunal act which means the tribunal can no longer adjudicate those minor injury claims or settle disputes around the definition of a minor injury now that that's despite the defeat Uh, of course attorney general david eby insisting the province's no fault auto insurance system is on solid ground so, Carla, uh, just with all of that being said, we have talked about these changes to minor injury disputes in the past, and I assume based on the decision last week from the B.C. Supreme Supreme Court, you're pretty happy to see things moving in this direction and, and the courts taking the the side that they did.
1: I am. I mean, I think as far as the from a legal perspective, I don't practice in the area of per, personal injury, so it doesn't affect mm-hmm. my business or, or my day-to-day, but from a legal perspective, it's troubling to me anytime government takes power away from judges and gives it to tribunals who are staffed by people who don't necessarily have to have any legal education, who are uh, appointed and serve at the pleasure of government ministers. You know, all of that kind of dilutes confidence overall in the justice system. And anytime something like that happens, we have to have concerns about the fairness of that process. A, you know, a trial in front of a judge for many things in this country is in fact a constitutional right that you have. And our provincial government shouldn't be messing with people's constitutional rights.
0: So, I mean, basically, based on that answer, I mean, if if the government does go ahead, I understand uh, the Attorney General's office is contemplating appealing this. Uh, the decision should be coming some point today. I'll be surprised if they don't appeal this. But nonetheless, this does basically remove... Um, A potential human right. That's kind of the way you just put it is this is a human right that we have to be able to sort of argue what our uh, minor injury would be defined as. And that's just being taken away as a result of the way ICBC is trying to move here.
1: Yeah, well, it's a constitutional right, not a not a human right. Sorry. You don't have a human yeah, right before yeah, yeah, yeah. a judge, but you you do have a constitutional right, and that's actually broader in some respects than a human right because a corporation, um, a business, they have those you know to some extent some of those same constitutional rights as people do. Um, There are even cases historically in Canada that have debated whether certain animals have constitutional rights. So, you know, who has constitutional rights and, and the broad application of those? It affects more than just individuals.
0: I guess what would be your message to those out there? Maybe there's some people who, you know, are really good drivers, they've never had to make a claim, they've never been in an accident. Um and they would say, you know what, if if this is going to save the system 390 million dollars, which is then going to be passed on to me as a driver, that this would be a, a really positive move for those individuals. But yet, you know, if there were ever to have to be an injury claim made, they might not be able to receive the compensation that they would like as a result of this shift. I guess, would you have a you know a point of, of view to maybe fill them in on as to why this maybe isn't the best of moves?
1: Well, if you're a really good driver, then the change to a no-fault system is not a good move for you. Because it rewards the really bad drivers who injure you. You know, if I drive perfectly, I follow all of the rules of the road, I don't speed, I stop at all of the red lights, I come to complete stops at stop signs. If I do all of those things, and someone who doesn't care about the rules of the road decides to run a stop sign and T-bone me, I would expect logically, that that person should have to suffer some consequence for causing me financial harm, that they should have to pay more insurance because they are a greater risk on the road. Um, That the payment to me as a result of the injuries I suffer doesn't come out of my insurance policy that I've purchased, but comes out of their insurance policy that they've purchased to cover me. No fault changes that entirely. It says we don't care who the good drivers are and who the bad drivers are. Um we're not looking at who's to blame for these accidents and we're not holding people accountable in the same way, which means that we can pay people less. Um and we can, you know, we can overlook a lot of the conduct that leads to serious injuries and punishing those drivers who are the, the people who are the cause of
0: it. Interesting. Um, Now, um, David Eby's office insisting the province's no-fault auto insurance system on solid ground despite this ruling by the B.C. Supreme Court. Do you buy that? Is that something that I should believe? I mean, I, I have my reservations based on what the courts are saying here.
1: I mean, it's it's different. The no-fault system um, is very different than a system that uh, that says that if your claim is for this type of injury, you can only seek a remedy at this tribunal. It's not taking rights necessarily away from judges to, uh, to decide cases and giving them to a tribunal instead. Um, it's a different process that's being followed in the actual determination of the claims. And so I think they have a stronger argument on a no-fault system. We see insurance systems in other provinces operate as no-fault systems, and um, those have been challenged, and those challenges to no fault in other provinces have failed. So I think you know he's he might you know be feeling a little shaken after the the outcome here, but I think on no fault, they probably are on more solid ground than they were with this minor injury uh, tribunal process that they had introduced.
0: And and just in terms of a process here question, um, you know, this was the B.C. Supreme Court making this ruling. Where does this go? Does this go to the, the Canadian Supreme Court next, I guess, if this was to be appealed?
1: No, if this is appealed, the next step is the BC Court of Appeal, and then if the Court of Appeal doesn't uh, rule um, in favor of the government, the government can apply to take it to the Supreme Court of Canada. They would have to get permission to be heard by the Supreme Court of Canada on the issue, though.
0: Okay, perfect. Just wanted to get that clarification. All right. well, I'll be interested to see where this goes, because I imagine we are going to see the government um, appeal this, and then we'll have to await what the BC uh, Appeals Court has to say in that regard. Now, uh, Kyla, switching gears here a little bit today is international women's day is of course a day to celebrate women in the workplace their accomplishments accomplishments the progress we have seen when it comes to gender equality of course we have a very very long way to go in that regard so just uh, first and foremost as a woman in law i wanted to ask if you face some barriers in your profession what experiences have you had that maybe have held you back or, or maybe not held you back, but forced you to work harder in order to break through those barriers. Have you experienced stuff like that within your own profession?
1: Every day. I mean, every day as a woman, you have to deal with um, sexist stereotypes about your competence or just gender-based assumptions about who you are and what you're doing. You know, I'm more likely to be mistaken for an administrative assistant or a student when I go into a courtroom than I am likely to be assumed to be a lawyer. And that, you know, that's that's me. I know a lot of people. (laughs) So, you know, I, I would assume that people, you know, would just take the woman in a suit standing in front of the court to be a lawyer, but that's not the reality that uh, that unfortunately we face as women. And it's every single day that we have to overcome these these little minor hurdles that by the end of the day make you feel like you ran a marathon.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, what's it going to take to change it? It's just a matter of getting more and more females to be in prominent positions in order to make sure that we are seeing women who are, you know, as, as equals? I mean, I just don't even know... I personally would never have have those, I would hope actually that I never have those thoughts or or opinions when I look at another woman and another person within my own profession or any profession for that matter. What is it going to take to change that? Do you have any thoughts on what we need to do in order to raise the bar for how people look at women within the workplace?
1: I think, um, you know, elevating our our female role models in the profession is one thing, but it's obviously not going to be the solution. You know, we had the longest serving chief justice was a woman, Beverly McLaughlin. She retired very recently, um, the first female chief justice in Canada. And yet, <laughs> despite all of those accomplishments and despite her having the, you know, highest position of power in the legal profession, you know, there are still these gender-based assumptions. So I don't think it's just about elevating women to position of power. It's also about recognizing that the women who occupy positions of power are there, because they're just like everybody else. They're just like the you know the men who historically occupied those positions of power. I think we need just a general like complete cultural shift about how we perceive the roles that women play in the workplace um, and in society. I don't think it's going to happen overnight.
0: No, it's definitely not. I, I saw this one tweet that uh, someone put out here on uh, earlier today, and it says. Well, we don't need a day. Women need equal pay, paid maternity leave, flexible work, leadership positions, board seats, and funding. And with that being said, that is so incredibly true. But do you think it is important still to have things like International Women's Day in order to make sure we are having these conversations?
1: If we don't have things like International Women's Day, we don't force people to have these conversations. We can ask them to have the conversations and we can hope that they do. But There's at least one day a year where corporations have to answer for the lack of women on their boards or the lack of women CEOs. You know, we see corporations, everybody's on Twitter today saying, you know, happy International Women's Day. And then you look at their executive leadership and you don't see a single woman in the C-suite. You know that that's just performative. And we can now call these companies out on it because they're performing gender equality without actually taking any substantive steps towards that.
0: Yeah, well... I appreciate those answers. It's definitely an important day, like you said, to be having this conversation, but it's about more than conversation. We need action. And I hope, um, you know, we see some of that as, as life goes on. I mean, that's where it's only going to get better over time. And uh, I hope it happens sooner than later. Appreciate the time as always, Kyla. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you for having me. Acumen laws. Kyla Lee, as always appreciate her coming on the program and sharing her thoughts on things like international women's day and,